defeat diseases and lead a fitter life. Welcome to the Fit Fun Podcast, the number one radio for your fitness, nutrition, mindset. Use joy, positivity, and happiness to create the real change in your life. Get tactics, build friends, join a community. This is Fit Fun Life, the place to dream and win. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fit Fun podcast session with Deborah. I'm very excited to be here. As you know, well, I'm always excited to have a, a little session with Deborah because it's always enjoyable, full of energy, full of good stories, and full of depth. So, Deborah, thank you very much for being here again. How are you? Great to be here. Nice to see you. I am doing well. It's a super sunny day today. Um, I love Toronto winters when they're like, it's minus 22, but if you look at the window, it looks like it's absolutely beautiful because it's so sunny. And then you go in and you get hit in the face with the minus 22. But yeah, everything is good. Thank you. How are things with you? Oh, good, good, good. It's not a sunny year because I think we have a couple hours difference, but today was slight overcast. I think next week, snow again. Did you say minus 22? I miss those winters. We don't have that. It's fresh. I love it. It just like <laughs> snaps you right out of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember winter. Oh, that's so long ago, maybe 15 years like that, minus 30. But I'm very excited about the episode because we, every time, you know, the, the chat and talk takes us. I know our listeners don't hear what we talk about around it. And I think that's always very exciting. But um, just you, you're so busy with different topics. And I know one of the things that also we are busy at FitFun creating out our content for the coming month is about progress, perfection and baby steps. And every time I see, I know, uh, in a group where you're part of as well, and you share some of your tattoos or something else, <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's, 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 it's mesmerizing for me. You know, maybe in a year down the road, I will discover or you will show all of the tattoos. Uh, but can you tell me progress, not perfection? What, you know, why did you get to this? Um, well, why did you get to this concept in the first place? And then why did you tattoo it on your arm? That's like a next step, I think. Yeah, it's a good question. I, uh, as we've talked about before, spent many, many years with a huge amount of anxiety uh, and always feeling not good enough and always trying to stay ahead of that feeling by being perfect, avoiding my fear of failure, avoiding confrontation with people, putting the game face on so that nobody would actually know how terrified I was really inside. And, you know, I didn't, I had so much anxiety for so long. I didn't know what it was to not have anxiety. So it just kind of became my normal. And then I got on well and I started to get help. And then I started to, you know, build my own self-esteem inside uh, and my own self-confidence. One of the biggest and most powerful lessons I learned was the progress, not perfection, because when you suffer with anxiety, one of the ways you try to manage it is by being perfect. And it is an illusion. There is no such thing as perfection. It just keeps you tighted and feeds the fear. And, and so when I started to learn and understand and accept in my heart that it was more about the progress the little baby steps that I was able to do and not about the perfection. It just was this incredibly freeing feeling for me, it really changed things for me. It, so yeah, so that's why I ended up getting it tattooed on my arm because I just never ever want to forget it. 
And it reminds me all the time to remember that because it's very easy to get back into that thinking. It's my reminder and it's a good one. Would you say that you're very detailed oriented as well in terms of, you know, when you want to work or with your clients that you want to get it really absolutely right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And of course, when you're that, you end up working for people that drive that, right? So I ended up working for crazy entrepreneurs who, you know, basically there was no tolerance for mistakes and they have a knack of picking out people like me, <laughs> the perfectionist that, you know, they know I will make myself work 15 hours to get that thing done and push myself beyond my human abilities just to not get in trouble and not make a mistake. So yeah, I definitely did that. Would you say now that you know, with this notion of progress, not perfection, that you feel more relieved and relaxed in terms of, you know, how you see world, how you see your progress in life? Yeah, it's much more relaxing living on this side. <laughs> so I say now that I just like to get super messy and I have a good old bath in it and it's totally fine. I laugh at myself. Um, I make mistakes and I learn from them and it's totally cool. It's so much I'm good with the progress and just able to pull out like I do with my clients to be able to find the little tiny things that we do that are actually progress that we don't. We're so focused on the end game that we forget to celebrate all the tiny little things that get us there. Can you tell me more about this? Because this is a super exciting topic, tiny steps, the long game. So we, um, and it's funny because I did a vision board in January for people, but you know, if you work in the corporate world, as I did for many years, you're super goal oriented. Your boss sits down with you, you get, you know, number targets, all these things you have to achieve. And they check in with you every so often to make sure that you're on track to reach those. And so we become really focused on that and not valuing the lessons. And so we do that in our personal life, even if we don't know we're doing it, that we expect, you know, to lose 30 pounds. Uh, we expect to stop eating sugar. We expect to have a boyfriend, you know, we, ex we just put all these expectations out there and just expect it to happen. And we go from the awareness to action and there's no middle part. And the middle part is the progress, not perfection. It's celebrating the little tiny baby steps that this day I didn't have that extra cookie or this day I did a kind act for someone and didn't get find found out about it. Or this day, I didn't blame somebody else. I took ownership for what happened. Mm. Today, I apologized to somebody because I realized that I had spoken out of turn. So all those tiny little things that we can do every day help us get there. And those are the things that actually compound and get us to our end goal, but in much better shape. Uh, I really like how you put it. This gap in between. I always say where we want to go, there is a skill set gap and we need to learn first before we get to our goal. It seems like a similar type of mindset that you talk about. You know, we are here at the start, this is going there. And then in between, this is the magic where, it, you know, where we need to get into and, and then eventually playing the long game. How do you look at it, playing the long game? Do you have some strategy, you know, that you remind yourself every day that when you slip of your, even you have your tattoo and you still don't feel it, you're like, okay, well, I'm progressing, but I'm not happy with it. What are your strategies about playing the long game? So uh, that in itself right there is progress, not perfection, right? That some days I'm not going to feel good. Some days I'm going to be tired and I'm not going to have be on my A game. And that's okay. Um, I know on those days I need to go take care of myself. Um, you know, to maybe go have a nap or go eat some healthy food or go drink some water, go for a walk. 
Um, and so I just know now that if I'm not uh, doing where I want, I either have set the goal too high. So I've let my ego slip in there a little bit. And I've set an expectation there that's come from here instead of from here. Um, and that it might need to be right corrected. So I don't look anymore to me being wrong so much. I look to what I set myself up for. Um, and where does that need to be adjusting? Whereas I used to just blame me. Like you could put any goal you wanted in front of me. And if I didn't get it, I just blamed me. It, it, this is brilliant. So when we look at some practical example, somebody is, you know, struggling with cravings. We were just discussing it about that. And it's funny enough because, well, <laughs> I was just You're... wanted to eat a chocolate before our you know, little session. And I didn't. I thought, no, I will leave it. Well, it's a... Well, let's be honest, it's 85% dark chocolate. I allow myself that. But, uh, you know, how would you, how would you, you know, advise somebody that is struggling with this perfection rather than progress? What would be the starting point? So first of all, I, as a wellness coach, never tell anybody to stop eating sugar. Not oh, really? what I am about. Yeah. Because it's progress, not perfection. Let's be realistic. We're going to eat some sugar. But if you can make better choices, I mean, I just sent you a picture of my apple pie and ice cream. <laughs> I, I I'm the health coach <laughs> that eats apple pie and ice cream. And that's okay, right? Because it's just tiny little things to make better choices off more often and to not just completely not have any of that stuff. So with cravings, we call it deconstructing cravings. And that is, so the big thing is digging into the why. So when I coach people, the food part is always sort of towards the end of the program. Because cravings are your body telling you you have an imbalance somewhere, often multiple imbalances. So you might be in an unhappy relationship. You might be in a stressful, toxic job. You might have financial woes. There can be a whole bunch of reasons. So first, we have to dig in and resolve those and reframe those. And that sort of helps to start minimize the cravings. Because once you take out the cause of the craving, then it allows you to be in a better place to actually start reducing the cravings. So we call it deconstructing it. And that, again, is just baby steps that if you ate five cookies in a week, can you this week eat three cookies? If you put two sugars in your coffee, can this week, can you put one and a half sugars? So it's just down, 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 which is common sense for cravings too. And then I just remind my clients that cravings and sugar, I mean, sugar is highly addictive. I do a whole workshop on sugar alone because it, the industry has hidden sugar in so many different foods that even if you're trying not to eat sugar, if you're buying packaged goods or, you know, ready-made um, food from restaurants, you're getting way more sugar than you think you are. And that just amps up the addiction again, right? Because it really is addiction. So the cravings are just really your body um, triggering. So what I say to people is cravings and sugar are like, do you know what bumper cars are at a carnival? You sit in a little bumper car and you drive and you bash into each other. That's what cravings are like to me. And so I say, just know that when you eat that sugar, the little lights on the bumper car are coming on, the power's coming on, and they're starting to move. And mm. you're just waking up your cravings again when you do that. So just keep that in mind when you choose to eat sugar, that it's going to kick everything back up again. It's, it's very interesting about sugar because I think a lot of people are not really aware where are the hidden sources? What should you eat? This is an interesting discussion, just diving into sugar. What is the advice that you give to people that are deep? You just mentioned a couple of tips already, but that are really struggling with this. How long does it take for these type of people that are struggling with cravings to get 
to the other side of the healthy. I don't know if there is a healthy balance of cravings where you have, you know, like, uh, like you said, the deconstructing cravings, whether there is a healthy balance where you say, okay, now the person is in a green zone now and before it was in the red zone. So I would be curious, what, what are your thoughts on that? So, well, in Canada, and every country has this, the um, Health Canada has stipulated that the average person, adult, should eat about six teaspoons of sugar a day and men should eat nine, and then children should be half of that. So every government has put out some sort of stat in and around those numbers of what a, a healthy, balanced amount of sugar is. So even they're not telling you don't ever eat sugar. But then it becomes down to what sugars. If you're eating, you know, honeycombs and processed cereal sugar, there's mm. nothing good in There's literally nothing good in that for you. But if you're eating, you know, parsnips or sweet potatoes or raisins right. or prunes or figs, that's a different kind of um, mm. sugar. So my suggestion to people would be, one, come to my free workshop. We dig all into food cravings and what causes them, where they come from. I give them a whole bunch of tips like drink water before you give in because a lot of times your body's actually dehydrated, but it's sending cravings. So if you just try drinking a glass of water, good job. <laughs> that will help. You also might be tired. I don't know if you've ever noticed that if you had a night of partying when you were younger and the next morning, you know, you're at McDonald's getting that like junk food because your body is like craving mm. salt oh, and sugar. True. That's why, right? Because your body's dehydrated from, from drinking. So your body's smart. We just have to learn to listen to its signals. The process for the average person, and again, it depends on what their why is that's going on. I mean, right, if they right, have right. some, levels, you know, if they're right. going through a wicked divorce, you're probably not getting off your sugar cravings in three months. But the average person, by about three months, they're aware, they're accepting it, and they're managing to make different changes. Because I don't tell them, I call it crowding out. I don't tell mm -hmm. them stop eating that. I say, if you want to have that cookie, try having a fig with a little piece of cheese instead. Mm -hmm. um, and so that replaces the craving with something that has more uh, nutritional value for you. Brilliant. I like it. The different terms you're dropping there, crowding out. And just It's interesting how you mentioned just when people have to come to the why and there are different things that can relate to that, the stress, the anxiety. And it's funny because I really tend to notice that with myself as well. When I have a you know hectic day, I must say I'm quite in control. I think compared to how I used to be, and in the times when like you know I was younger and then went to a McDonald's and had seven hamburgers, and I figured that's probably not that healthy. But you know now uh, I try to grab something else rather than just having a sugar, white sugar or brown sugar at home. But it's it's good to have this mental cleaning. And I think you mentioned it once during our discussions, cleaning the cupboards, isn't it? Something like that you really go through it. Do you do some type of exercise with your clients where you really go mentally or physically through the cupboards and replacing yeah. what doesn't belong? Yeah, we call it, I call it a pantry makeover. Oh, that's even better. Um, and, yeah, and I do it either on Zoom now, obviously, with people, and they just kind of walk me through their cupboards. I go to their house, but obviously, I now have clients in Mexico, the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., so obviously, I'm doing it more. So we do pantry makeover to help people get rid of, and then just make different, like instead of using white sugar, you know, use cane sugar or brown sugar, as you said, that are less processed. So yeah, definitely doing that helps people kind of get a fresh start. And frankly, just don't bring it home. Because if it's not in your cupboard, you can't eat it. it it's so true. I, I mean, we have like a special cupboard for these things. 
<laughs> it's not everywhere, but it's just a special cupboard where you have, you know, the nuts that, you know, okay, well, peanuts that are not healthy, but sometimes, you know, you put them on, on some Chinese Thai food or you have some chocolate. But it's always so difficult when you know it's already there and, you know, you kind of feel guilty that you bought it and you, you will not throw it away because you pay the money for it. And then it's there and, you know, it's, it's exactly like you said, don't buy it because I know when I don't buy it, I will not eat it because it's not there. I Maybe the shop is closed. I cannot go there. But when it's open or when it's there lying on the cupboard, it's just easy to open and like, okay, I, I'm going to have it now. The question is, is it good having days when you eat? But when you snack throughout the day, when you're stressed, for example, I don't think that's probably the best way, isn't it? But we're human beings and it's progress, not perfection again, right? We're yes. just <laughs> we're just human beings, and we have good days and not good days, and that's okay. It's all good. Deb, I, I have final question for you. I really enjoy the depth, and today we jumped a little bit into my favorite topic: nutrition and addictions, a little bit and cravings. Well, I don't know if that's really addiction. What would you say now? We went through the corona, and we learned a lot. Do you expect people now to learn some lesson, or what should they maybe learn now from all that happened regarding cravings and how to do it better in 2021? Is there something that you know you tell your clients, or you 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 picked up on from the 2020 with clients that you talk to, and you feel like okay, this is something I've seen happening all over and all, and people should learn from that. COVID has really just brought people's Achilles heels to the surface, right? Whatever's been bubbling under, you know, people that are, have been in, you know, tense relationships, suddenly having to let, you can't escape to work anymore. You can't escape to the gym anymore. You're suddenly like in each other's faces. So I think it's caused a lot of people to relook at their lives, the stuff they've been running away from. And then the other thing is, is that coping with this, there's no question people's food cravings are up people's food, uh, the choices we're making with our food are up as far as junk food here in Ontario. And I'm pretty sure this is probably around the world, but the government here is actually quite concerned about the level of alcohol consumption that's happening because here in Ontario, the government runs the liquor stores. So it's all through government. So they know how many bottles of wine and people are buying and they're concerned about it. They're quite shocked at the spike and of course, cannabis is all legal here now as well. So, you know, the lineups in PEI, when they were going into lockdown, were at the liquor store and the cannabis store. Right, right. <laughs> so right. it just is showing pe- people's inability to really manage with stress when it actually hits and that maybe there's some work to be done on how they cope and fine tuning and strengthening their coping skills with stress. And in life, I think is something that's really started to come to light for people. Which is very exciting on the other hand, because I think meeting somebody with your color, with your empathy and with your experience, all of us with addictive behavior to some extent, you know, from different experience, well, maybe deeper experience even than me. I think this is good news for people that are listening, people that maybe will listen to this or that will meet you. Because I think you're really spot on with getting down to the, from the mind to the heart and then really to the addictive behavior through this integrative health coaching that you do. And I really like the approach that then just fixing one particular thing, you just go really holistically and pick the bits and pieces and helping people. Please check Deb's content. Deb, can you talk a little bit about a workshop maybe having coming up? Also, I think you're planning some cool course. 
Thank you. Yes. So uh, next Saturday at 11 a.m. Toronto time, so I think four or five for you, uh, I'm doing a workshop on the benefits of celebrating progress, not perfection. And it's just really all about people getting, like I said, to get out of that perfection and all that anxiety and fear that drives us to be perfect and to start slowing down and to be able to start looking at and celebrating the little progress along the way. And it'll just give different tips and tools on how we can do that. And even as we're doing that to celebrate progress, not perfection, because it's not easy to change kind of those ingrained habits. So I'm, in, I'm doing basically two workshops every month on different topics. So that's the next one. And then one of my things, I do private coaching. I do group coaching. And one of my things is I want to make integrative wellness accessible to people you know, not everybody can afford private coaching. And so one of my goals is to make access to integrative wellness accessible to people. So I'm going to do an online course that will have modules and then a weekly group coaching with me every week on whatever the topic is next week. Yeah, it'll be at a much more affordable price than the private coaching. I think this is exciting, definitely exciting for everybody that's listening, for myself as well, because I know how much people need this, just some type of accountability, discipline, building all these little habits. And even if you guys know this, if you already have some experience with fitness, movement, and all these things, progress, not perfection. I always have goosebumps when we talk together because it's just even, you know, yeah, it's just so beautiful. You know, we don't even have to be in a syndrome because you're sharing, you know, what you're going through and also something that can really help people. I would encourage everybody just to sign up next week. And obviously for the things, I'm excited to see that because I know we have also some excited collaboration coming with that. And I'm very excited about that. Um, so guys, please stay tuned and also check out all the content that is coming out. Thank you for, so much for being here today and come next time. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Deb. Thank you for having me. Good to see you as always. <laughs> and likewise, thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, we at FitFun Podcast, we want to give you tips and tricks that we not only use ourselves, but it will help you to get more out of life than you could if you don't apply these things so we want to challenge you in the next weeks and months to come because we want to do more of challenges to really help you that we do ourselves to squeeze more out of life than you can do now so apply these challenges do it and we are looking forward to see you on the other side